0: You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello everyone and welcome to the November twenty third, twenty seventeen edition of On the Daily, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Heath Kruger. You can follow me on Twitter at HeathK. Joining me tonight for the second half of this week, it's none under the Nick Giffen. Nick, long time no see. How's everything been going? And are, are you excited for the Sunday slate?
1: Yeah, it feels like it's been forever since we talked. Yeah. Uh, you know, a whole five minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, I think um, I'm I'm pretty excited. I think this will be a fun slate. I love. I'm so much better at the second half of the year than the first half of the year. Um, just when you get so much more information and you can kind of define ranges and things like that better, I tend to do a little bit better. So, um, you know. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market is your headquarters for huge Labor Day savings. This week, stock up on Frito-Lay party-sized chips. 10.5 to 20-ounce assorted varieties are buy two, get one free. That's a wow savings of up to 50% versus traditional grocery stores. Limit three free. Also, get the grill fired up with Nathan's Famous Beef Franks. 10 to 12-ounce assorted varieties are just 2 dollars That's a wow savings of up to 57%. Offers good through September 3rd. Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. Less uh, less variance in the outcome, more contrarian plays that make sense, I think. Uh, for example, two weeks ago, a lot of the chalk missed, but I think a lot of it made sense that it was going to miss. And that's why I played certain players that I did that weren't chalky and uh, did well. And I did well again this past weekend, as we talked about. So really hitting my stride here, two solid weeks in a row. Uh, and yeah, definitely excited to make it three solid weeks in a row.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. For all, of the, for all of you who are listening to us and it's the first time you've heard us this week, this is the second episode. Um, if you're uh, still interested in that Thursday slate, it is up there. Go check that one out before the Thanksgiving games get going. I put in some DFS picks, but uh, but yeah, let, let's get going on this, Nick. Uh, but before we do, I want to remind everyone that you can always get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. All right, we're going to try to make this episode go a little bit quicker here so you don't get just flooded with too much of us. You can only handle so much of me and Nick in one week. Let's begin with the cash game plays, Nick. And let's start off with the wide receiver position. We're some guys that... You feel, you know, some of these matchups that I, I think are going to be quite nice, especially for um, the wider receiver position in the passing game. Who are some guys that you're really f- leaning on this week um, in your cash game lineups?
1: Uh, I think the chalkiest play of maybe all time might be Julio Jones this week. <laughs> yeah. um, he gets he gets a great matchup against Tampa Bay. He's home. He's indoors in the dome where he loves to be. Uh, he's so much better. And, and again, credit to Josh Hermsmeyer for his air yards work. You can just remove the grass games, and Julio Jones' upside is still there. You, you remove all the turf games and just look at the grass games, Julio Jones has no upside. So he, he's in his spot He's got a great matchup. He's $7,700 freaking dollars on DraftKings. That makes no sense. Um, I know, like, earlier this year, obviously, he was struggling. He hasn't put up a ton of monster games. You know, with 24.9 is his ceiling this year, but he was priced 85, 92, 93, 88, 83, 85, 84. Finally he came down to 78, 8,000, and then last week, 7300 against a tough Seahawks defense, which makes sense, but he's only rebounded to 7700 So, I don't think there's a chalkier name in the business than Julio Jones at wide receiver this week. I love the play. Um, you know, you, you look at a guy like Doug Baldwin, who I think will be pretty chalky against San Francisco. I think he's like, I think he's a good play, but, uh, even in cash games compared to Julio Jones, if you had to pick one of the two, I would pick Julio Jones all day, uh, even though I think their ownership percentages could be pretty similar in cash games. I think people will be on Doug Baldwin. It's a very good – again, very good matchup against San Francisco, and I I don't mind him in cash at all. It depends on roster construction, of course, and uh, I definitely think there's appeal for, for Doug Baldwin there, but uh, – Oh, if I had to pick just one of the two, I would definitely pick Julio Jones. I think this is just a smash spot. Uh, I don't even like using that term, but I, I really do think it's a smash spot for him and uh, po- possibly the best matchup he's faced all year, especially given the dome situation. So um, give me Julio Jones and Cash all day. Don't mind, like I said, Doug Baldwin. And then I think uh, there's a couple interesting names. Rashard Matthews for Tennessee I like a lot. Uh, good matchup against Indianapolis. The Colts have just been... Pretty poor. And, uh, Richard Matthews still leads the team there in, in, uh, targets at the wide receiver position. So $5,100. He always has big play upside. And he still has a pretty solid floor, just given the fact that, uh, of the wide receivers, he's the most heavily targeted. I know Corey Davis comes back and, uh, Corey Davis is, is priced pretty well. And I think, like, in terms of, GPPs. He'll be pretty interesting to play, but I don't feel comfortable using him in cash games for 49 relative to Richard Matthews for 51. Um, and, and weird little nugget, Corey Davis did look a little out of shape last week in his most recent game. So it wasn't just the matchup. He also actually looked like he was huffing and puffing. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but as somebody who myself has been out of shape in soccer games, uh, I, I think there's might be something to that. And it sounds totally, totally weird and dumb, but, uh, you know, I think that makes me want to avoid him just almost in general on this slate a little bit because it's a great matchup and people will be on Corey Davis. And I know we're talking cash games, but uh, I'm getting off tangent or getting on a tangent here. But uh, just some thoughts that are popping into my head. Heath, do you have any other names to add to the cash game list? Because I gave out some pretty obvious ones there.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. I, I Did you cover him? I, I thought I heard you cover the Tennessee game. But I didn't know if you had gotten to the Hilton side. Not
1: not, not to Hilton, but uh, yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton for 6,700 against that, that Tennessee Titans secondary. That's just going to be a real easy one, I think. Um, even though he has been fairly boomer bust, the spot really doesn't get much better, even with Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball. I, I think that's just a fantastic play. And another one I really like, and it, it might come to a surprise to some, but Brandon Cooks. Um, with, with Chris Hogan out – Rob Gronkowski shockingly has kind of taken more of a backseat in terms of targets um, this season for some reason, um, and it's really just kind of led to a lot of volume as of late for Brandon Cooks over his last three games, eight, nine, and eleven targets. He's got a fantastic matchup against the Miami Dolphins here. He represents high upside with his deep shots, along with them just kind of hitting him on a lot, uh, a lot more, you know, vol- voluminous routes. So. Um, yeah, I, I think he is a, a perfect cash game play to go along with the ones you, you already mentioned.
1: I really hope so because we highlighted on the on Tricky the Day slate Keenan Allen and, and Stephon Diggs and Brandon Cooks. And I have all three of them on my FFPC main event team that is uh, in the grand finale, in Ooh. the grand finale round. So I really hope they go off. Yeah, let's do
0: this. Let's do this. All right, let's move on to the quarterback position, Nick. Um, like I said, there, there are some teams with a lot of high totals this week uh, four in total um, over 28 one right on the edge there at 27.75 um, you you'd already mentioned some you know wide receivers in those positions um, how about some quarterbacks who are the quarterbacks that you're looking at this week uh, for your cash game lineups
1: yeah this is uh, this is pretty interesting because you know you mentioned the totals here uh, in terms of just the team totals Brady 32.25 right now, uh, for the, the New England Patriots. Atlanta 29.5, 28.75 for the Eagles, uh, 28.25 for the Chiefs. And like you said, 27.75 for the LA Rams. But I, I, you know, I can't ignore Russell Wilson either, who's next in that total line there with just an awesome matchup against San Francisco. Um, I think Russell Wilson's the best play on the weekend. The price tag for cash games makes me a little more hesitant, and uh, especially the fact we also, you know, we have an 11-game slate, which is about the size we've seen on some of these bye weeks, because you can think of almost like the Thursday games as like our six bye teams, uh, and then you've got your normal Sunday and Monday games, so it's kind of like a normal slate this weekend, so I don't love paying up, but... All the best quarterbacks are in pay-up spots, um, I think, just in general. So if I'm going to pay up, I have no problem just paying up for Russell Wilson. The matchup against San Francisco is very good. Um, he's just been doing everything himself lately in some ways. Uh, we obviously saw what he did against Atlanta. Had a little bit of a, at least in terms of fantasy output, a down game against Arizona. but still very good. And then did great against Washington, did great against Houston, did great against New York Giants. So those are his most recent five games. Then you have a game against the Rams again, but then the two games prior to that, amazing game against Indianapolis, amazing game against Tennessee. So the odds are there that he has an amazing game, and his floor is still very high. Uh, of the, all of those games that I mentioned, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games, the only one that wasn't above 19 points was the one against Los Angeles. So seven of the eight games, most recent games, has been above uh, 19.4 fantasy points. So I think you gotta go Russell Wilson and cash this week. That's the way I'm leaning. If you're gonna pay down, I still don't mind using Derek Carr. Um, I know, uh, I mentioned him last week and, and this is a Denver game and so it's a little bit tougher. Um, but, uh, I kind of just think Derek Carr has been throwing a lot more lately. You know, he had three straight 300 plus games and then he had a 237 against New England last week. A little bit shocking. So, uh, I guess Derek Carr, Jacoby Brissett, really the debate, debate comes there. I, I should say, I think it's actually more GPP for Carr for me and then Brissett and Cash. So, if I'm going to pay down 5,600 for Carr, 5,400 for Brissett, like Brissett and Cash more, um, and forgot we were talking about Cash for a minute. And then uh, I like Derek Carr and GPP more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit on the guys I, I'm on as well. Um, I was kind of considering Brady. You know, Brady every week just kind of seems to be such a smash play, just the ceiling he has. Um, every weekend in a, a very nice matchup here and uh, on a team that just really likes to just throw the ball. They they find it very safe to just keep throwing. Um, but I don't think you necessarily have to do that this week. Like you said, Russell Wilson's probably the the main cash play here in a very nice matchup against the 49ers as that team is completely reliant on him at this point. There is no run game to speak of. Um, and if there is any rushing, it's coming from Russell Wilson. So, um, even at a, a fairly elevated price of seven thousand on DraftKings, um, I'm still willing to roll with him. But I think the more interesting one was the, the, the second one you mentioned, uh, Jacoby Brissett. That I think that might be the one. Just give him the savings: fifty-four hundred on DraftKings, I believe sixty-nine hundred on FanDuel. The, the savings you can get will allow you to get to some nice options at the running back and wide receiver position this week in a matchup tour. I think it's certainly bound to to shoot out, just given. How poor both secondaries are, especially on that Titan side. They are just woefully, woefully bad as of late. So, in a, and with some wide receivers to really, you know, kind of capitalize on that. So, I think Jacoby Brissett, if I don't go with Russell Wilson, is going to be the guy I lean on for cash.
1: Yeah. And, and I actually think this is a weird week where I might play three cash game lineups and do one Wilson, one Brissett, and then a third one either Wilson or Brissett, with some other different players uh, and hope to hit two of the three, because I think they, like you said, there's a lot of good expensive plays. We talked about Julio Jones. We talked about Doug ball. We talked about uh, uh, T Y Hilton. We've talked about Brandon cooks. All of those are expensive wide receivers and there's still some great as we'll get to expensive uh, running backs. So I think this is a week where I'm almost interested in playing like three cash game lineups and hoping two of the three hit.
0: Yeah, certainly, certainly. All right, let's move on to the next position. Nick, the tight end position, so I think there's a couple names that are going to jump out from some games we have already been uh, mentioning. But there's also a guy returning that I think it is just kind of a play that's such a, a very nice price um, on the surface. Um, and I kind of was get you're, your- you're
1: Greg Olsening, right? Yes, I am Greg Olson. Yeah, yes. talk about it. Go ahead. It,
0: is it too early to consider Greg Olson for cash? I, this is a, a great matchup against the New York Jets. Um, we know that the Carolina Carolina Panthers, wide receiver core, or really just pass catching core, has been fairly limited. You know, Kelvin Benjamin is gone, of course, but um you know, I, I think Curtis Samuel is down for the season. Um we haven't really been seeing a ton of that volume from Christian McCaffrey as of late. Well, he's still getting a decent amount. He's not getting that just absolutely ridiculous level of volume he was getting at certain points certain season. Um, and, you know, it, it's Cam Newton's boy, Greg Olson. He even kind of pulled a camera aside. And I, I believe the, the, the quotation was wait till I get my dog back in reference to Greg Olson. So in cash this week, um, do you think it's too early to go back to him or are the other options just too safe and, and just as good as spots?
1: Yeah, so I, uh, there's one piece of information I think will really determine how I approach Greg Olson. That's going to be kind of the news reports on him. If we expect that he's going to get a full complement of targets, not targets, uh, snaps, uh, which will of course probably translate, translate into targets, I definitely want to be on Greg Olson in cash. That said, if he's only going to play 75, 50, 25, whatever percent, I think he's fine in GPP. He definitely has a touchdown up He side. He definitely uh, you know has pretty good efficiency, and he's at a great price at $4,800. Like you said, the matchup's good. A lot of it is volume-based. The Jets are actually pretty efficient against the tight end position, but they just allow a lot of targets to the tight end position, so it's more of a schematic thing there. Uh, th- in that case, I like Greg Olson in GPP more than I do in, uh, in cash, but it really comes down to those news reports. If he's going to be playing the whole game, well, the Jets kind of funnel passes in a way towards the tight end position. I love Greg Olson and cash. So really follow those news reports and uh, see if we can glean anything from the beat reporters there in Carolina.
0: Uh, Yeah. I think you're right on right there. That's that's it's perfect analysis. Um, A couple other names. I I think really just kind of, I'm considering for cash Um, pretty obvious one. I think from just how high at least I've, you know, kind of explained myself to be on this Indianapolis Tennessee Titans game, Jack Doyle, uh, forty five hundred on DraftKings. He is fifty seven hundred on FanDuel. Quite discounted on FanDuel. Um, I think he's just you know the number two target in Indianapolis in a nice matchup. Um, it, it's going to be really hard to go wrong with him, even though he has shown a lot more of a lower floor than I anticipated at the beginning of the season. I think the matchup will make up for that. But also, you know, a name that. I'm kind of okay with in the, in a similar price range, maybe a little bit of a discount, Tyler Croft against the Cleveland Browns. It's really, it's a complete matchup play. You know, Tyler Croft is, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good tight end. You were playing him last week in GPPs um, and just every week, a tight end against the, the Cleveland Browns, you know, just seems to do well. I think we saw it last week with Mercedes Lewis of all people. So Tyler Croft to a guy that I, I think is probably the number three, number four target in this offense in a nice matchup. Um, yeah, I think I'd be perfectly fine putting him out in cash games as well.
1: Yeah, the one comment I have is keep an eye on Eric Swoop, uh, my boy there, or mm. Swoop, or however you pronounce his name. He could be activated this week, and uh, that that is an interesting situation there if he were to get some targets. To Indianapolis traditionally has used two tight ends, you know, we we remember the uh, the the Allen and Fleener days, and then it was Allen and Doyle, and it was supposed to be Doyle and Swope this year. Um, I think that could come back towards the end of this year. Uh, you mentioned Doyle's low floor at times, so I. I would definitely want to, again, see the reports there on Eric Swope. He could come back this week. He's been practicing, and uh, it's just a matter of what they'll do with him, if they'll hold off another week or not. But uh, that might change my opinion on Jack Doyle just a touch. I, I don't think Swope's going to get, like, massively involved in his first week back, but any little bit, I think, is, is cause for concern with Doyle with his low floor.
0: Yeah, certainly, certainly. All right, let's move on to the last position, Nick, the running back position. Like he had mentioned, there are some nice running backs, kind of really in in the mid-range, some even in the low range, and some at the top, which I think are in consideration for cash. Who are some names that you're spotting in your lineups that you particularly like for cash this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of think if you're not playing uh, Kareem Hunt this week, you're kind of just doing it wrong. That's just my opinion. Um, I I think that uh, he's just – I mean Buffalo has been so bad, so bad in recent weeks against the running back. Uh we just saw it um again last week. We, we you know, they they're just they're just terrible. They're they're bad. So I want to play against Buffalo with my running backs. Kareem Hunt has still getting plenty of opportunity. Um I know he's not seeing uh, the opportunity we all want from a workhorse back, but with his efficiency as well, uh the fact that he, he breaks a ton of tackles. Um I think Kareem Hunt is a guy that I definitely want to just you know go ahead and start in in cash games. So um, for me, it's it's really Hunt, and then who else do I start with Hunt? Where what direction do I go? Um, you know, I think the it's interesting the New, New England backs kind of uh, they grade out nice each, but who do you go with? So that's my concern there. Um, I, I think it's really tough to just pick an individual back in New England and say this is going to be my guy for cash games. Um, so. Probably going to avoid that, and uh, after that, I think it's uh, a little interesting. If Devontae Freeman is out or limited, obviously Tevin Coleman is a fine play, but you know the Tevin Coleman Julio Jones thing becomes a bit of a negative correlation situation. Ingram's price really high now, so it's tough to use him. So I'm curious, Heath, where are you looking at uh, outside of Kareem Hunt? Because I, I honestly, I think there's a lot of moving parts here at the running back position.
0: Yeah, it's it's a little weird. So I, I think you're right, Kareem Hunt, even though the you know last week was pretty disappointing. I think it's just the matchups too good. Um and he, he got decent volume last week. I believe it was 18 touches um in that matchup against the Giants. Um here against this Buffalo team, they should do they should fare much better. Um so yeah, I think if there was one I'd kind of start with it to be him. Tevin Coleman is the guy that I think my my current plans are I'm going to be leaning on him. I have I, I don't want to spend up for Mark Ingram, but kind of everything you know in me keeps saying, "Well, you you didn't you didn't play him last week, and he kind of just went out and did his thing." And again, the Saints had another high total matchup, and they've shown a lot of confidence in this running game. And Mark Ingram is now once again involved in the passing game as well, so he, he, it's difficult to really fully pass up on him. So I, I think I still have him in consideration. Todd Gurley was a name that I also kind of threw around as well. I'm not as confident, and he is a lot more expensive, at least on DraftKings at 8,800. Um, I don't think it's necessary to really go in that direction, um, but yeah, it's there's other guys that I kind of have in mind, and you know, in, in decent matchups. But I think the the two I've really arrived upon thus far, um, considering you know how, how you had mentioned the, the Patriots. Running back situation is just all over the place. It's just Kareem Hunt and Tevin Coleman, and then I'll probably play a lot more wide receivers this week, um, and, and as well as the flex position in uh, in cash on DraftKings.
1: Yeah, I, it's it's a it's a tougher week at running back. Um, you know, I think some people will look at uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars stats and say, "Well, maybe you can play Adrian Peterson because Jacksonville's essentially been a funnel to the run." Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that's a mistake because. Um, they've been so much better in recent weeks at stopping the run. They've actually been the best in the NFL, and in the past three weeks. So you can't really you can't really go there if you're just looking at season aggregate. And that's why we need to break things down into smaller samples sometimes. So uh, I think Adrian Peterson would be a mistake in cash games. I don't think many people will necessarily go that way, but I think it'll be a handful of people, especially in casual, slower stakes, uh, cash games. They'll see the green number twenty-five on DraftKings in terms of. You know, Jacksonville's been 25th best, in other words, 7th or 8th worst, against the run this year, against running backs. And they'll play Adrian Peterson because he's $5,000. He's Adrian Peterson. He's the lead back. Ellington just left, blah, 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 blah. And they'll play him, but I think that's a mistake. So um, I guess in cash, I don't hate as much as GPPs, but uh, um, I I think Adrian Peterson's upside is pretty limited there and relative to what his ownership percentage will be. So um, I guess less of a cash game fade, but more of like a GP fade, GPP fade, but we're talking cash games at the running back. You're right. I think it really comes down to Hunt, maybe Tevin Coleman. Even then, I, I'm not sure I'd love Tevin Coleman and Julio Jones. Uh, it's one of those weird situations, but, uh, you know, it, it, it'll – It'll come down to, I guess, the Devontae Freeman news. It might come down to, do you want to play Mark Ingram? Do you might want to play Todd Gurley, or even Carlos Hyde? I think is in consideration. I don't love the the matchup there against uh, the Seahawks, but at least um, you know the price is not bad for a guy who's a lead back there.
0: Yeah, there is one thing I I, I might consider, and it's really just going to depend on. Um, if the Denver Broncos decide to really kind of go away from CJ Anderson, um, at least in this one game, considering kind of what happened last week with the, yes. the late fumble that, that may lead to something to where you can get kind of a, uh, a devonte Booker situation where he's able to see like 20 touches at a super, a super cheap price. But that's, that's still speculation at this point. So it's,
1: it's a GVP play for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh yeah.
0: But, uh, but yeah, I think you're right that the Marcel Darius trade from the Bills. If you're, over, if you're wondering why the Bills are no longer very good against the run, and all of a sudden Jacksonville has picked up against the run, Marcel Darius is a big reason why there. So, all right, let's move on to our next segment of the show, Nick Contrarian Corner. What are some top Contrarian plays, really at any position, to where you're really looking to leverage off off the chalk? You know, make a, a nice pivot from uh, a lot of. Um, At least, you know, casual players' expectations, hoping to move up the tournament draft boards this weekend. Yeah,
1: I'm going to start right there with the uh, Denver Broncos wide receivers. I don't know how contrarian they'll be because the Oakland matchup is pretty good. But just look, for example, at a guy like Demarius Thomas, his game log. Three touchdowns in the last three games – at least eight targets in every game. Uh, and then if you just go back, you know, another game further than that is nine targets. So in his last four games, he's had eight, nine, nine, and 12 targets. You go back before that six and 14. So guy gets a ton of targets. He hasn't put up any monster games in that time span. I guess a 21 point game for $6,000 is pretty good. Um, you're getting pretty close to that upside that you want, but his ownership percentage, 2%, 4%, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think just because of the fact that um, you know Denver hasn't been very good, it's been depressing his ownership percentage a little bit. Now he's $5,700, which Puts him at his cheapest in years. Uh, earlier this year, we were talking about 5800 was his cheapest that he had been in years. Well, now 57 is the cheapest he's been in years. So Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, 5200. Both of these guys have upside and the Oakland secondary banged up. Uh, I, I really, really like these, both of these plays. Um, I prefer Demarius with Brock Osweiler than I do uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and that's just based off of splits. Like, if you go to the road of his splits app, for example, um, now if, uh, Pax and Lynch is going to play, which I think might case, then I have no idea what to do, which makes me like, um, which makes me like, uh, Emmanuel Sanders more as well. And I think right now, I- I'm not completely up to date on the news, but I think Paxton actually might play. He may have been announced as starter, but, uh, if that's the case, I even like Emmanuel Sanders a little bit more just because there's more uncertainty there. So, um, the- I think those are-, are two good wide receiver plays. Um, you want to get a little contrarian. I think Dante Moncrief is pretty interesting at min's salary against the Tennessee Titans. Um, it sounds ridiculous because he's done almost nothing this year. His, his max output is a 13 point game. But if you get a 13 point game from a receiver's $3,000, sure, why not? And he has a 60 yard touchdown and, uh, he's not getting a huge amount of volume. Um, you know, one target, two targets, one targets. Prior to that, it was four and seven. So, I think there's some upside there in terms of, of target upside, uh, a potential touchdown, and he's $3,000. So um, I don't like Dante Moncrief. I think he's a terrible player. He's been completely inefficient his whole career. But uh, if you really want to go contrarian and go like cheap and punt and, and something like that, uh, I think Dante Moncrief is an interesting play and kind of – uh, he's stackable with Brissett and Hilton. He's also somebody you could just like totally pivot off of Hilton, who I think will be really chalky, and then just play him.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Um, really, one I've particularly got my eye on. It's this spot with the, the Carolina Panthers um, against the New York Jets. Now, this Jets team, I know that they've kind of been the darling of some people as they've really just you know been playing above expectation across the board, at least in terms of game results, but this is still a very poor defense. Um, and Cam Newton, um, while you know, he hasn't been playing as well this year, he still has that capability of having a 40-point fantasy point week. And in a spot to where I think we can really you know, confidently say that the targets are going to be uh, significantly funneled to one player in particular, I think it's the perfect stack spot um, if he does prove to, or at least um, expect to be at a lower ownership percentage, to where if you if you took Cam Newton and Devin Funchess um, and made a, a game stack out of them, or possibly even toss in someone, um, if you want to be a little more risky, like a Greg Olson, um, I, I think that would per- work out just well. Maybe in a Russell Shepard. I'm not so much keen on that one, but anyway, yeah, that's one I think I'm going to be capitalizing on. Um, if people prove to be overlooking that Titans Colts game, I think a full game stack is in the cards there. As I, you know, that these two teams that have potent offenses at at least at times, but more importantly, they're both their secondaries are just atrocious, atrocious. So that's going to be another direction I'm going to be looking at. Um, whether you you know choose to take that Mariota side with Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, um, or the Brissette side with. With Hilton, and like you had mentioned, possibly one of the lower-owned wide receivers, like in Dante Moncrief, I, I'm completely fine with that as well. Um, and also, and it's probably not going to be as chalky just yet. I'm still kind of considering um, what I'm going to do with it. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, for some reason, has really caught my eye and in a spot to where I think Andy Dalton could really have a nice blow-up week. Um, a, a guy that I, I think we could both expect to be a lower ownership percentage with some weapons that at least in, in terms of matchup prove out to be really well with Tyler Croft against a tight end position. I think this is uh, a spot to where Andy Dalton could, uh, maybe not easily, but it could definitely eclipse a 300 yard, three touchdown mark.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious. I think, uh, I actually think stacking with AJ Green could be interestingly profitable because, uh. AJ Green. If you if you look at sites like Pro Football Focus, he's expected to be um, essentially uh, shadowed by Jason McCourty, who has been very good this year. But in some ways, I also think AJ Green is is matchup proof. He's just so good that if it really reduces ownership percentage, like under ten percent, I'd like to get some leverage on AJ Green for sure. So like that call a lot there. Uh, even with AJ Green, I could also see going the Brandon LaFell route, who would probably be pretty low owned anyway uh, against a bad Cleveland defense. So I don't mind making double stacks or, or single stacks with either of those guys with, with Andy Dalton. And I love, the Carolina Panthers, the the Cam Newton call there, uh, so much equity in his running game recently, uh, and then uh, just a lot of uh, upside in the pass game as well. The Jets give up the highest rate in the NFL in terms of touchdown percentage against offenses versus the pass than the run. So uh, love that call there as well. Hundred percent with you behind that on the on the Panthers there for the pass game, and 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 not even necessarily the pass game, but you could even go naked Cam if you wanted this week as well.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick. But before we do, we got a message from our friends over at Draft. Fantasy football fans, listen up. There's no better time than now than to try the new app Draft. It's a one-week fantasy football with no management. When you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. They'll even take care of those last-minute injuries for you. Play for cold, hard cash today for as low as $1 per draft. There's a draft for everybody. No salary caps. Play a real-life Snake Draft just like you do with your friends and your season-long leagues. Come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime or check us out on PlayDraft.com, whichever you prefer. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. You just got to use the promo code RVRADIO. Play a real money game for free just by using our promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit on Draft. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play with us for free with promo code RVRADIO. All right, Nick, let's move into the draft segment of the show. I was able to eclipse you last week by just less than two points on the back of Tom Brady, who really kind of held down the lineup for me. And, yeah, so I have now moved to... Six and five officially. Five and four.
1: Five and four. Six and
0: five officially on the season.
1: <laughs> nope. amico has got you. Uh, got me two L's there.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it, Anthony. But yeah, let, let's continue on here. Um, it looks like you're going to be going uh, first this week. So why don't you start us off here and uh, yeah, take your first pick.
1: Kareem Hunt. Done.
0: Kareem Hunt. Okay.
1: Snap. <laughs>
0: we're, we're, not even, we're not even waiting around. Okay. So we're going to go in that direction. So I think I'm going to go with my wide receivers first off. I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton. And then I'm going to come back around. I'm going to couple that with Julio Jones.
1: Yeah, so I definitely think I'm going to go with uh, Russell Wilson. Pretty much a no-brainer there for me, given what I chose. And then I'm going to go with the boy you picked in cash games, Brandon Cooks.
0: That is a really good one. I was really hoping you would not take that as, yeah, he's probably... I'm not gonna pick him now. It's gonna be my last pick, but well, you uh, already picked
1: two wide receivers, so you can't.
0: Well, of course, no, no. I meant I was gonna couple him with his quarterback, but we Ah. will pick that last. So I got to take two running backs here. So I'm going to go with Mark Ingram, and let's we're gonna go with our number two here. (laughs) Um, I'm gonna take a shot here, and I'm just gonna go with Todd
1: Gurley. There you go. Uh, I think that's a, a fine pick. So you've got, uh, as your running backs, you've got what? Todd Gurley and, um, Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram. So I can pick, whew, tough spot here running back. Um, yeah, this this is a pretty tough one. Um, I'm gonna go, I hate doing this because they're on the same game, but I'm gonna go with LaShawn McCoy. Kansas City has been pretty poor in terms of efficiency against the running back. I was really debating going with Tevin Coleman, but I am, there is a chance Devontae Freeman plays and, uh, that would really crater a head to head. So, uh, I'm gonna go LaShawn McCoy.
0: All right. And your last pick?
1: Oh, yeah. I have one more pick. Uh, one more pick. Let's see. Which wide receiver do I want? Um, doug baldwin just give me give me the russell wilson doug baldwin stack
0: perfectly fine perfectly fine all right and i'll round it out with my quarterback pick of tom brady
1: yep and uh hopefully brandon cooks goes off because that will reduce the brady equity there for me
0: (laughs) oh boy i don't want to be rooting against myself as i know i'll have plenty of cooks but let's hope for the win you're hoping for a grunt game Yes, exactly. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick. The defensive segments. So, really, defense in cash and GPPs. Uh, we're always one that kind of just looks for. You know, we we understand it's a high variance position, so we're really just looking for quarter or defenses. Excuse me, in just spots that are going to be really nice. So, um, yeah, who are some defenses that you're looking to use in in either cash or GPPs this week?
1: Yeah, um, I think a defense that will probably go pretty uh, low-owned relative to, I guess, what they could do would be the Kansas City Chiefs defense. And that's just because they're priced up at $3,700 this week. I don't think people will actually want to pay up for a defense that hasn't been $3,700 uh, since I can go through their game log. So, um you know, I know Tyrod Taylor's coming back as well, so that makes it even less likely that people play Kansas City's defense, but it's not like uh, Buffalo's exactly been great this year in terms of preventing points to the defense. And if you uh look at Kansas City, they still have a pretty consistent game log, and they do have some occasional upside. They had 20 points against the Broncos, and uh by and large, at the beginning of this year, they were pretty consistent. I know they've had some injuries and things like that, but uh, I just like going back to Kansas City whenever I can, especially if they're going to be low-owned. And, um, you know, I, I think they'll go lower-owned than if Nathan Peterman, obviously, were the starting quarterback. So I think people will move off of them and the price increase and all that. I like playing Kansas City as defense, and I don't love paying up for defense, but I think this is a week you can do it. Um, if I want to kind of pay really, like, down for a defense, I think uh, – Arizona, $2,700 is interesting just because they're at home and Jacksonville will have to travel kind of across country. Um, I think Arizona, they're not great, but we always know Blake Bortles is occasionally susceptible to an interception or two or a pick six. And uh, he's been far less of that this year because Jacksonville has been very good at managing the situation there and playing Leonard Fournette at the running back. And, and so, um, you know, getting Fournette those touches and everything like that. But it's not a, a hugely great matchup even for Fournette at the running back position there. So um, I kind of like playing Arizona if you're doing a pay down defense. They always have interesting upside. And uh, you know if you've got a defense that has upside with, with Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew and some other big names there, um, I kind of like playing Arizona a little bit. But um, I, I like going a little more expensive at, at defense this week just in general. Because I don't have any pay down defenses I love, but I don't know, maybe maybe you do, Heath.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling kind of a, a couple of defenses in, in different price range. So the one I really have my eye on is just kind of the ones that I'm looking for reliable points. It's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals up against the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, Cincinnati was uh, proved to be a good defense last week, or at least very close, if a certain someone and not fumbled the ball at the one yard line, but yeah, they still were pretty good in a pretty good spot there against the Denver Broncos, and now they, they get arguably even a slightly better spot against the Cleveland Browns here. That's a nice one. And one I'm kind of debating and I haven't really fully come to a decision on is the Oakland Raiders. Now, so they're pretty darn cheap, but they're priced up relative to the matchup. You, you had mentioned that this Denver Broncos quarterback situation um, is one that is kind of in flux at this moment as we don't know if we're going to see Brock. We don't know if we're going to see Paxton Lynch. Um, either one, I think, while they do have the opportunity to help out those wide receivers and Emmanuel Sanders and Tamarius Thomas, um, I think they do have the capabilities to put up a couple interceptions, and that's really what we're looking for um, in our opposing defense. The problem is, is the Oakland Raiders... If they have one interception on the season, they would have gotten it last week because going into last week, they I don't believe they had a single interception to their name. So that one's going to be a little one I'm kind of questioning up until, um, up until Sunday. I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on that one. Um, and, yeah, it's also really just – it's more of a kind of a, a chalky spot I think it will be. But um, the, the New England Patriots um, against the Miami Dolphins is one I think – that could turn out pretty well as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so just to kind of update this Denver quarterback situation, it, it is going to be Paxton Lynch who's going to start this week. And, uh, that definitely makes Oakland defense a interesting play, but I actually think it makes Paxton Lynch kind of interesting GPP play given Oakland's yeah. also banged up on defense. Um, so I wouldn't be at $4,400 on DraftKings. I wouldn't be opposed to a Paxton Lynch, uh, Kind of um, GPP bullet here, uh, you know. I, I don't think uh, he's necessarily going to be great or anything, just because he's, um, you know, Pax he's, and he's Paxton Lynch. <laughs> and, well, not only is he Paxton Lynch, but he just hasn't played a ton. Like, I think, yeah. uh, I think the the fact that he hasn't played a ton gives us a little more uncertainty as, as to you know what he's going to do. But if we look at, like, for example, my, my quarterback success probability model, um, Paxton Lynch had a, uh, for his career, an 82.7% probability of having a, at least one successful season. Now, obviously, he's out of the running for a successful season this year because my requirements are at least playing eight games. But that doesn't, but my point is that doesn't mean he's actually, the the model shows he actually has a chance at not being a horrible quarterback for at least a year. And if he's not going to be at least a horrible quarterback for a year, a very good chance of it, then that means it could happen in a game, especially against a banged up defense. So I don't mind taking GPP shots on Pax and Lynch for $4,400. I mean, what do you need from him when he's $4,400? 18 points, something like that. I mean, if he throws two touchdowns and 200 yards, that's, that's, you know, that's only 12, uh, sorry, uh, 16 points, but that's basically what you need from him, uh, something above two touchdowns and 200 yards. And what's the probability he does that? I don't know, but I think it's, it's certainly within the range of outcomes and probably a higher probability than his ownership percentage, unless all of a sudden the whole industry kind of goes towards him. And that's why I like using these ownership tools we've got around the industry to to kind of gauge what's going to happen there with Pax and Lynch, but Going back to the defensive side, uh, I still think the Raiders can be a fine play there as well. But if they're going to be incredibly chalky, and this is, again, another thing to keep an eye on with ownership percentages, I actually like fading the Raiders' defense. But if they're going to be lower owned, then I like playing the Raiders' defense. So one of those, uh, I guess, leverage situations there.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think that's what it's going to really come down to. If they're even more than, like say, Five percent. I don't think I'm going to be interested as it's really kind of a toss up as to how this game is going to go um, because you're you, as a quarterback, you can't get a much better matchup in the league currently than, than the Oakland Raiders. So, so certainly a GPP play, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's going to cover it for the defensive segment. So let's move on to um, a stacks and correlations plays. Now we already kind of covered this a little bit in our contrarian corners, but um, yeah, what um, – will there be a passing game stack, um, a certain game stack, a, a certain team stack? Are there really any stacks that you have in mind this week, Nick, that you're really looking to um, to hammer hard in, in this Sunday slate?
1: Yeah, I mean, mine's super lame because I'm stacking uh, Kareem Hunt with Kansas City defense, right? The correlation play there. I, I mentioned Kansas City defense. I think they'll go long. But if you're going to play chalky Kareem Hunt, I think a way to go contrarian might – might be Chalky Kareem Hunt stacked with Kansas City defense because, like I said, it depends on on how people react to this, but the, the increased price for Kansas City, the fact that they have had some banged up players on defense for Kansas City, uh, and the fact that Tyra Taylor is coming back for Buffalo might reduce their ownership percentage, but I still like Kansas City at home in the uh, the noise dome there not even the dome, the noise stadium there at Arrowhead. So I like that as a correlation play. I mentioned uh, you know, either Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders. If you do play a Paxton Lynch lineup, you're obviously stacking them with one of those. And I think that's a great play. But you can uh potentially run it back with a Devante Booker. I think it's a really contrarian stack uh not run it back, uh stack Devonte Booker, I should say, with with Paxton Lynch or uh in, in place of one of those wide receivers. So um I think that's an interesting play there as well, and uh, then finally, I think you know if you're if you're looking at playing Julio Jones, uh, a quarterback we didn't mention is Matt Ryan because he hasn't been very good this year. Uh, He hasn't had a ton of upside, but I think this against Tampa Bay, this is a situation where I'd want to stack Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and then another piece of that pass game, whether it's Austin Hooper, whether it's uh, you know Sanu or Gabriel or somebody like that. you're kind of just going to have to, again, gauge ownership percentages and look at matchups and things like that. Um, you know, I think just looking at it, uh, Mohammed Sanu is a nice matchup against Vernon Hargraves. And, uh, Hargraves gives up the most targets of the, the, you know, the, the starters there for Tampa Bay in terms of the defensive backs, uh, Brent Grimes, Robert McLean, and Vernon Hargraves. So I think Sanu would probably be my preferred guy, but I like, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Muhammad Sanu type stack. You could throw in Tevin Coleman there for sure if Devontae Freeman is out. So those are the stacks I'm looking at for uh, this weekend.
0: Yeah, I like those a lot. Um, And and just kind of getting back to the ones I I mentioned before, I think I'm really going to be interested in uh, possibly game stacking this Saints-Rams game if it kind of, as the week goes on, proves to be people being possibly scared of the two quality defenses kind of like we had last week. Um and and that in that Saints matchup with the Washington Redskins it turned out to work quite well. Um, if people are off, you know, either you know both sides of this game or at least one side of this game, I, I'll be looking to capitalize on that as it's really going to be another instance of a quality offense versus a quality defense. Um, and the offense can still succeed in that situation. So, so yeah, I, I like I, I think I like that possibility. The Titans Colts game was another one that I had mentioned that I'm. Really into stacking both sides um, in, in the passing game, as a, both these secondaries are just atrocious. Atrocious. The, the, the Panthers' passing game stack um, is a, is another one. And then I'm going to take a little bit of a kind of a contrarian take on the um, on your Kareem Hunt take. Now, th- this Chiefs' passing game could this possibly be the week two, coming off just a catastrophic letdown loss against the Giants? In a spot against this Buffalo Bills team, and their defense has, you know, just shown last week against Phil Rivers and Keenan Allen just how vulnerable they are. Um, is it completely out of the um, what? Is it out of the range of possibilities that Alex Smith, Tyreek Kill, and Travis Kelsey really just show up a week late and just kind of, you know, light the Bills ablaze? And I think it's perfectly within the the range of outcomes. Um Alex Smith, I think, has kind of come back to earth a little bit, which does give me a little pause there. So maybe just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, maybe not necessarily game stack them. But I thought that was a little bit of an interesting uh possibility there as well.
1: Yeah, uh I think I really, really just want Kareem Hunt. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's perfectly um, fair. Yes. So I, I mentioned how the Buffalo Bills have been really bad recently against the run, and there's a reason for that. Marcel Darius uh, is now a Jacksonville Jaguar instead of a Buffalo Bill, and in the first seven weeks of this year, he was a Buffalo Bill, and the Bills were the fifth best, so hat tip Scott Barrett DFB, of course, on Twitter. They were the seventh, uh, in the first seven weeks, I should say, they were the fifth best against the yards per carry, and uh, seventh best in yards per game, then the Four weeks they've had Marcel Darius, second worst and worst in yards per carry and total yards allowed to the running back position. Jacksonville, on the other hand, you flip it around, the beginning of the year, they were the worst and third worst in yards per carry and total yards per game to the running back position and in, in on the ground. But then, since they've got Darius from Buffalo, uh, they've been the best and the best in yards per carry and rush yards per game. So... I really want to go with the recent form here and uh, just understand that Buffalo Bills have been atrocious against running backs. So um, I want all of the Kareem Hunt.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to our last segment of the show, Nick. But before we do, holiday cash, everyone. You need it. I know where you can get it. My bookie is the place to score some serious cash on your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. That means plenty of parties, gifting, and spending. It also means there's lots of football, basketball, and hockey games where you can score big on every day. Man up and play like those pros on game day. You can play the money line, the side, the total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money betting on the games, Just go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't got to take my word for it. Just check them out yourself. They have odds on every matchup, a mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now, and mybookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just got to use the promo code ROTONFL to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, the final segment of the show, Nick, the theory, the bets, the Vegas line segment. What lines do you think are you know maybe off, um, off of, you know, that the Vegas has predicted to occur? What bets would you be making if you're making any this weekend? Just Yeah, what are are some bets just really across the board that you're really looking at that you think you can capitalize on?
1: Yeah, uh, well, one team we haven't talked about is Miami, and that's because uh, they are bad. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, they, they are still facing the new England Patriots and the new England Patriots have not been very good at defense this year. Um, let's, let's just put it that way. So, uh, Jay Cutler, I guess is, um, you know, questionable with the the concussion there. And, uh, we're not sure what quarterback will play, but even if we just look at the line here. I mean, it's. I think it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's ludicrous. I think um, you know Tom Brady and the Patriots right now are sixteen and a half point favorites. So I I don't mind a bet on Miami keeping it closer than sixteen and a half. But the thing I kind of like is the over on forty eight. And you know I'm an under better. I like a lot of times I think people over you know pump up the lines, pump up the lines. Most people think points be scored. They get hyped about games. They bet the over. They bet the over. I'm fine betting the over on New England Miami. I think this could be a little higher than normal. The alternative, this I think Miami could keep it closer than 16 and a half. So um, I don't mind either of those bets, and I think uh, I'm I'm pretty bullish on this game. I mean, you mentioned Brandon Cooks. I like that play a lot. I think Brandon Cooks is a fine play this weekend, and uh, you know some some of those Miami or sorry some of those New England running backs, one or two of them at least will be fine play but i think you can run it back with a miami player too as well if you go that route so and you know just just me and you heath talking like we talked about carolina we talked about uh you know game game stacking uh indianapolis tennessee we've talked about Sansi, we talked about this that and the other cream hunt blah blah, blah 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 we haven't really talked about playing any miami players but i think uh if the game goes over you're gonna need a miami player uh if you're if you're gonna uh have a chance at um not at winning, but like if you're playing a Tom Brady lineup, I would definitely want to run it back with a Miami player for sure because I think Miami is in a good situation there. So you know, you say, well, which player is that? Which player is that? Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, I think uh, you know the right now as it looks, Jarvis Landry has the best matchup in the slot. He's more of a volume player, but he got a touchdown last week and he still gets a ton of volume. So maybe it's Jarvis Landry for me there. I'm not. I'm not totally sure. I'd have to kind of. See where I am as, as the weekend approaches and, and see where ownership percentages fall.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I like that a lot. It's just, it's so many points. 16 and a half points, guys. It's just absolutely ridiculous, even for yeah, the mean, worst and, of teams and in the I NFL. Don't,
1: I don't know. You know, depending on where you guys bet, you can even bet on team totals. I would take the over on Miami's team total easily.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, um, one that had me interested. Um, was, and I know it's a, a low total, so I I, I want to get your advice on this, Nick. It's the Jaguars and the Cardinals game. Now, this, this is a low total of 38. I'm thinking of taking the under on this one as both teams really just line up to make this one of the most boring NFL games we have seen this season. The, the Cardinals, um, with whoever is playing quarterback at this point, is going to be going right at the teeth of this Jacksonville secondary that's just been absolutely wrecking teams. Um, And the Jaguars are going up against a formidable run defense in the Arizona Cardinals. That means they're going to have to rely on Blake Bortles. And we've kind of seen what happens with Blake Bortles at times if, if he's asked to do too much. Now I understand that the defensive scoring has been high, at least on one side of the, you know, one, one team here with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but you know, that, that is fairly fluky at times, to, to say the least. So, even though it's a low total, what do you think about taking the under on 38 in this matchup?
1: Heath, you're, you're just playing right to my heartstrings there, man. I, you know I'm an under better. <laughs> yes. You know I'm an under better. And I bet the under, we talked about this earlier in this offseason uh, when we did Jacksonville versus Indianapolis, I took the under. And Jacksonville versus Cincinnati, I took the under. Both of those games not only went under thirty-eight or nine or whatever they were, they went thirty and under. So uh I'm I'm totally with you on Jacksonville's unders and uh Arizona just not being very good. I, I want the under in this game as well. We didn't discuss this before we went on air, but dude, you're oh hit me right in the heart, man. I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. Trying to do. You know, uh
0: yeah you know, following that big week I, I think I think this is another week that both of us can really just kind of hit it big again in DFS. So let's hope the, the good karma continues. Hope the GPPs are a plentiful for us. And if they're not for us, I, I hope it's for you guys out there, for all you fine listeners. So, yeah, that's going to do it for this edition of On the Daily, everybody. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to Road of His. Through the Rotoviz Radio channel at Rotoviz.com slash podcast. Yeah, and that's gonna do it. So for Nick Geffen, who you can find on Twitter at Rotodoc, I'm Heath Kruger at Heath K on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week
1: thank you for listening to on the daily the road of His daily fantasy sports podcast powered by road of His radio and special thanks to randy e aguabo for the introduction please review the podcast on itunes under the established road of His radio feed contact us via email on the daily dfs at gmail.com and follow us on twitter at on the daily dfs Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns—legends whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.